Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 14 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and once again I'm going to be joined by Chris and Ramrod as we discuss all things entertainment-related that have kept us busy since we last recorded together. So please sit back, relax, get comfortable, and prepare yourselves for an extended 60 Minutes with Chris, Ramrod, and me. Right, Chris... Ramrod, um, let's start this because Ramrod, I know you've told me that you've got a question for me and Chris that you want to pose us that we can think about while we're recording this. I'm going pretty serious with the opening of this show. I know the last show was a bit Fifty Shades. This one's pretty black. (laughs) So I've got a question for you all and I don't want you to answer it straight away. Think it over the duration of the podcast and get back to me. And, um, you know, anybody who's listening, if you want to tweet us and let us know what your opinion would be, I've got a question for you. Go. So, Dave, Chris, you're in a plane crash and you land on a desert island. Now, you've got a choice of three people to be marooned with. You must choose one. Your first choice is Megan Fox. But... She's lost both her arms, Ooh, okay. but she has a box of rum, bottles of rum with her, but no arms, right? Okay. She's bleeding, she's screaming, Megan Fox. <laughs> Beyonce Knowles, she's fine, 100%, but Jay-Z was on the flight, and he's dead. <laughs> she's hysterical. Or, your missus. We'll come back to you at the end of the show. <laughs> Who would you like to be stuck on a desert island with? I've got to ask. So, is there is my wife maimed in any way? She's a one hundred percent. Has she got any alcohol with her? Nope. Megan Fox has got the box of rum, but no arms. Beyonce has lost Jay Z in the flight. She's fucking broken. Or oh, your missus? Mm, she'll need a, a shoulder to cry on, won't she? I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. So it's... I'll leave it with you guys anyway. So welcome to 60 Minutes with. Yes. And there, wow. yeah, there we go. Listeners, please think about that too. And like you said, tweet us, email us. We'll give you the details at the end of the show. What What would you do in that situation? You're asking us to do two things at once now, mate. We've got to talk mm. on a podcast and think. Mm. It's tough. It's tough to do two things at once. I, mean, <laughs> I did say the words Megan Fox. <laughs> In the first few sentences, yeah, so but I'll just you, leave like that. you did follow that by like she got no two, arms, <laughs> two bleeding stumps, and was screaming in pain. <laughs> that would, like... yeah. But what's your what's your medical background, Dave? Would you be able to tend to her wounds? Could you make her the Megan Fox she was in Transformers? I would, albeit with no arms. I don't know. I would probably just like start a fire and try and cauterize her. That would be it. But that would probably yeah. just make her scream even more. Yeah, nice though. I'd be thinking, how's she gonna toss me off? <laughs> she's got two, she's got two feet. You can have a foot job. <laughs> she's still got a poon. <laughs> There's a way out of this. There is a way out of this for all of us. Uh, uh, We've just got to make a decision. You just think, you know, you might not get rescued. There's no Wilson. There is no volleyball you can make friends with here. You're stuck on this desert island. You've got to make a snap decision. Right Who's then. it gonna be? Right then. Okay. Well, what a way to start. I know. Well, bloody hell. Okay, then. Well, I, here, here, I'm going to follow it on. Here's something Here's something for both of you. Um, since we recorded the last um, entertainment show, we've had a tweet from at Anna Lee Gardner one and I'll read it out. This is what she tweeted. 
Episode 5. Now, if I remember rightly, that was, I think, January's entertainment show. Episode 5 has now become a 1,419-word language analysis. Thanks, guys. Wow. Oh, my God. She used that. I think think she's doing a degree, and she used it as, um, yeah, a language analysis. She also carried on with um, the first 10 minutes. It took... um, Six pages, two hours of transcript, uh, and believe it or not, there was only two instances of swearing. Wow. So, let's just keep this in mind. We don't know who's listening to this, or what they're going to do. We, we could have another language analysis of this episode. And as has already been started by you, Ramrod, we're already debating between three women with like bleeding arms and um, our normal misses and somebody who who's 100% but has, has lost their partner. Yeah, but you know, uh, hello Annalie and you know, I apologise for swearing because I can only assume it was mine. <laughs> I'm sure both were you mate, yeah. <laughs> but in addition to that, fuck shit, cunt, wank, fuck, bollocks, bastard. <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> we're so, we're so, we're so intellectually viable right now it's ridiculous i mean where do we go from here i do i don't know where do we go where would you like to go chris i'm frightened to talk chris <laughs> let's, let's take it to you mate where I'm, would I'm you frightened to say anything where there. would you like to go how would you like to start this one off uh, i feel like i'm gonna be psychoanalyzed or something <laughs> or it could be used as evidence against me in some way i i don't know this is um, there's people making notes right this very minute mate <laughs> um, wow. Well, I've got quite a few films to talk about. Um, okay. If that's all right with you. So, okay. So, the first one. I mean, I've been dying to talk to you uh, about it, particularly yourself, Ramrod. But, but I don't need to turn it to sort of like this is the the martial arts podcast or anything else because I appreciate it. I talked about Ickman last time and whatever. This is. I've got to talk to you about it because I can't contain myself. You know, and it's the raid two, and I watched this. I finished watching it last night because it's two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. so it's it's fairly long film, I guess. But boy, is it incredibly well made! In my opinion, I just think it's wow. I just you know sometimes when you you sit there, and I've said this before. You know, there are certain films that come along, and you kind of sit there and think, "This is incredible! How the hell do they do this?" And I know I went kind of a bit mad over some of the action scenes and stuff like that with um, Hitman, rightly so. Boy, this is something else. I don't, you know, this just for me raises the bar. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the raid, um, I, I, but this for me, I, this just something else. I mean, Gareth Evans, the, the director, just wow, he can film a fight scene, and not only that, he can film a film. I know it sounds stupid, but it, you know, sometimes you get sort of like you know really good action scenes, but then the rest of the film doesn't hold up. Jeez, this is a cracking film as well. I mean, just to sort of like give some people an idea of what it is, it follows on from the first raid. Pretty much after the raid has finished, um, the cop, uh, the undercover cop who's in it, uh, sorry, the cop who's in it, he, he goes undercover um, and he goes into prison and he goes to infiltrate this kind of like gang. And it reminded me a lot of um, Hard Boiled, you know, similar stories in terms of like kind of uh, undercover cop and, you know, hard boiled cop and all this, that and the other and kind of like action just off the charts. 
I mean, the first raid had loads of gunplay and stuff like that in it, but this is more about martial arts and you know the the fight fighting techniques and everything else. And I mean, wow, it is something else altogether. Just I, I can't. I don't think I've ever seen a film like it in terms of you know there are certain films like you know, I mentioned on back you know and um, but this is I mean tell me what do you guys think about it it's you know I just can't I, was, I finished watching it last night and I was in bed thinking I can't wait to talk to Ramrod about this because it's <laughs> it's amazing it's the th- I mean the thing is with like I mean obviously when the raid came out Dave you went to see it in the cinema on the big screen and I missed it unfortunately. I mean, the raid is, I mean, fucking hell. I, I can go back over 10, 15 years of action cinema. There's nothing like the raid. And even in even in the movie world, you know, like action filmmakers, quote, we're trying to make a film like the raid because it's that good. And you think this is, this, this is a guy the same age as me. He's Welsh. You know, he's not. Japanese. He's not got a stuntman background or anything like that. He's just a filmmaker, Welsh geeky filmmaker that's made probably the best contemporary martial arts film. And then made a sequel, which is like the fucking Godfather. It's, mm. you know, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, my only gripe with The Raid 2, and I, you know, I've, I've gone on about it a little bit, is it's a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of story that could be shaved out. But Given that, I watched it a second time because the first viewing was very long and I was like, oh, God, you know, I want to see. What this guy can do is direct action cinema. There's very few guys these days, and I know I've said it before, is Isaac Florentine is the best at the moment who can direct action cinema, a Western director. And, you know, for for this guy to, you know, it's like his third third movie. I'm getting all fucked up now talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's... um, it's, uh, I think, uh, it's the most violent action movie I think I've ever seen. I mean, there's a there's a kill in the first raid where um, uh, the main guy stabs somebody in the thigh and drags the knife down his thigh, and it made me go fuck. You know, because you, you don't really see that anymore. They used to edit action movies very heavily for extreme violence, especially knife violence. But you want to see knife violence? The raid too? Jesus oh. Christ! I mean, the fight in the prison, the fight in the drugs warehouse—it's uh, fucking—it's it, so kinetic the way he directs fighting. Why the fuck he didn't direct Expendables three <laughs> and make it the best action film it could have been ever is beyond me. Um, yeah, that that fight at the end. I mean, it's kind of it feels a bit like you know a video game. You've got the kind of like some of the the bad guys, the the kind of quirky different characters. Like you got the hammer girl and the baseball mm. bat guy, and then the martial artist and everything. When he's having that knife fight with him at the end, fuck. You know, like you said, I was wincing watching some of it. It's just and that's the thing as well. You know, it 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 just looks so real like you know like it mm. looks as if they are kicking seven shades of shit out of each other you know and and, and no doubt that they do i mean it's got to be so heavily choreographed you know but boy it's it's such a, a thrill ride you know it really mm. is just immense just the guy who uh who plays the the lead actor I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Iko Uwas, or I'm not sure. That, that's the guy, yeah. He fucking slaughtered his name. Rama, he plays. It, it, 
he's a great actor as well. You know, he kind of like p- p- portrays all these kind of like different emotions. You know, because he he's undercover. You know, he's kind of like having to be forced to go through all this stuff with these gangs and everything. He's trying to protect his family in the long run. And there's the Raid Three, which uh, is going to be. Uh, I think it's in development, or it's it's kind of been confirmed that that's going to go ahead. But then they're on about doing a remake of it, an, a, a, an American language one. Just think, what's what Heather? What's that going to be about? You know what I mean? It's apparently Taylor Kitsch is rumored to be in it. Um, you, you can't, you know, you, you, we wouldn't be able to match that level of of action, surely. You know, anything. You know, you can't you just can't top it. Do you know what I mean? It would just be what the hell. I mean, I know that the raid got a lot of comparisons to Dread, and I freaking love Dread. I think it's a, a cracking film. There's just something about um, my mind's gone really shitty tonight. The um, uh, the the guy who plays Dread, oh, tell me, please. Carl Urban. Carl Urban, I fucking love yeah. him. I've, I, I mean, I've got awesome a, actor. a man crush on him, big yeah, time. Big time. Yeah, big time. He's brilliant. And there's something about the way he plays Dread. And I know there's the Stallone version, which it's a bit campy and everything, but I kind of like it. Um, but it, there's just something about him. I just want to marry him, I think. <laughs> but he's not. He's Clint Eastwood in that yes. film. Yes. He's Clint yeah. Eastwood. Well, that's yeah. the thing, though. Clint Eastwood was originally cast to play Dread. Bef- Can you imagine Before it? the Stallone version, he was one of the first names that was going to play Judge that, Dread back oh, in the that day. That would be mental. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, an older Dread or something, maybe. Yeah. But even then, that would be, yeah, just a bit strange, I think. I mean, he did do a, a version of Dread, you know, Dirty Harry, pretty much. That's kind of oh, yeah, yeah. the, the modern-day Judge Dread, I guess, to a certain extent. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, going back to the point I was making, that, that sort of like the, the raid is similar in term, uh, to Dread in terms of, like, you know, they're in stu- uh, 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 kind of a block of flats or whatever and, and have to go through from the floors one to floors sort of like 200 or whatever. But there's different types of films. But, I mean, I don't know how they'd remake that. I just And you just think, what is the point? I mean, really, what is the point? If you are people that freaking, I have to ask questions sometimes. Are people that lazy that they, even if you can't be asked to look at the subtitles, surely you just got to watch the action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. It, ha- it annoys me when people can't be asked <laughs> to read yeah. subtitles. There's so many great foreign films. I mean, some of the best, some of the best films at the moment are coming out of France and Spain, uh, and you know, from Korea. And if you can't be asked to sit there and go, oh, I can't read subtitles. I mean, what sort of a chore is it that you've got to read a few words on the screen? Come on. The good thing about films like The Raid is they can't remake it. I mean, they did it with District 13. They made brick mansions with, you know, God rest his fucking poor soul. Paul Walker was in it. But they had Paul Walker playing one role. And then they had the the actual star of the original French movie reprise his role for the American remake because nobody else could do what he did in yeah. District 13, which is uh, it's like a free running martial arts movie. And uh, again, if you've ne- if anybody's never seen District 13, what a fucking ride that is! And they yeah. made a sequel to it, which was you know even bigger. But it, it, they're they're just as much fun. They're brilliant martial arts movies with a little spin on it. But to remake The Raid, obviously, I like Taylor Kitsch. I, I mean, like Savages with Oliver Stone, and I think he's really good value for money. He's quite underrated. He's very pretty, but he's a good actor. Like Lone Survivor. I mean, Dave, Jesus Christ, hold your hand up and praise God. Lone Survivor is oh. probably one of the best films of the last couple of years. Oh, that's, that, that, 
instantly is like in my all-time top ten films. Yeah, it, it's such an amazing film. It's a big man movie. Oh, and... it's one of the. It's there's so much testosterone packed into that film. <sighs> it's incredible. <sighs> is that Peter Berg and yeah. that's the uh, man yeah. Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a it's a really cracking film. And Taylor Kitsch does a great. He plays you know Mike Murphy, real guy in it, and he's a good actor. He is a good but actor. Yeah, yeah. Is he a martial artist? No, I've never seen him do anything. They could train him to do martial arts, mm. I suppose. He's a fit guy. But he's not going to do what these fucking guys do in the ring. No way, no way. No way. These guys are hardcore, born and bred motherfuckers. There's no other thing to call them. They are hard. You wouldn't want to spill their pint. <laughs> The thing is, like like you say, with the Raid 2, uh, I mean, Gareth Evans has made such an epic film. And it's like, it's 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 so big and the fights are amazing. The story is so deep, whereas the Raid was dread-ish. They're in a building, it's one thing, it's boom, boom, boom. The Raid 2 extends it out, it gives it a bit of more pathos. And it's probably nobody's really probably bothered with the raid two as much because it's two and a half hours long. They haven't got the staying power, like you say, for a subtitle movie, which is a shame because they're missing out on so much. But again, it comes back to those fights. And if you want to see violence and fighting, there's nothing that can touch it. Nothing that can touch it. I mean, it really, it almost turned my stomach with some of the knife things. And I love to see a good stabbing. It's my thing. A knife fight. A knife fight in a film is like, oh, yeah, give it to me. But fuck me, the raid. Jesus Christ, the oh, raid yeah. too. This is it, though. I mean, you've said, you've just said about the stabbing there. And then, Chris, you mentioned the, the phrase that you used was wince inducing. You know, and mm. I was lucky enough. I've seen the raid and the raid too. I watched them both in the cinema. And it is. As far as like, I mean, they are violent. There's some great fighting, but as far as like stabbing goes, it's not just stabbing. They stab people, and then if they stab somebody in the thigh, they then pull the knife down the thigh. <laughs> then they twist the knife, and then they pull it out, and then they stab them somewhere else. And it's like, holy fuck, that's just so so really violent. It does it does literally make you wince, and it's. We've said about the running time of The Raid 2, it is a lot longer, but mm. I've said this before, I compare it to The Raid, for me, um, if you compare it to either Fistful of Dollars or A Few Dollars More, whereas The Raid 2 is The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Mm. It just it adds more meat to the bone. And personally, I, I liked that it was longer and it gave more story to it, it put more meat onto the bone, and okay, so the action did dip and... You know, and it went into into the story, but I was engaged with the story. I cared for the characters, especially the main character, and I liked watching the journey. And then I felt that it made when the action did hit, it had the, all the more impact because you'd you know you'd learnt that much more about him and all the characters, everything that was going on within the film. So when it did start the stabbing stuff and the kicking stuff and the hitting stuff, it was like it just. It hit me more, you know. But I can, I, having said that on the flip side, I can see why people may well sort of go, you know, I'm not watching this for two and a half hours. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the thing is as well, like, there's, I'm not to give anything away, but there's a, there's a bit just before the final 40 minutes, I should say, where he kind of, he, he's injured, the main character, and then you're thinking, he's got to face up or face off against these three, like, you know, top killers, like I said, the, the kind of, uh, hammer girl i mean that fight the hammer when she's in a, a like a, a train <laughs> you know and then the baseball dude and um and then the other martial artist i mean they're the top guys and you think he's already injured and he's got to fight these three 
people as well oh, and as well as everyone else i mean like you know these are kind of like the, the general kind of uh, henchmen bloody hell it's it's a fantastic film though so it is good yeah it is it's definitely one that's recommended i think i'm safe in saying that all three of us will recommend this film to everybody that listens to this yeah mm. surely i mean Ga- thing is with gareth evans is he he's what i'm interested in i mean this guy is you know, he's he's from obscurity. He's still quite obscure if you think about it, because all he's done is these two movies, and he's done a couple of segments on VHS. Yeah. Um, you know what? What the fuck? Why, why isn't this guy working over here? How did he get over there? Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, his IMDb is insane because you look at it and you look at Gareth Evans, and it says um, wrote and directed Men in Town, Raid One, Raid Two. Six foot seven. He's six. He's a monster. <laughs> so he's gone over there. He's gone right, boys. We're gonna make a fight for him, right? <laughs> You're gonna kick him in the face and stab him. It's insane that this guy's not making big action movies. But does he want to? Do we want him to? Yeah. Do we want him exported and ruined by Hollywood? No. Leave him there. Let him stab as many people in the fucking thigh as he wants to. Because <laughs> we're quite happy to watch it. Oh, yeah. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Just thinking, like, you know what? This film is as well shot as something like you know anything that Christopher Nolan has, has, can make mm-hmm. and and I just thought it's got that level of polish to it and like you said you just think geez he's, this is like what you know he's he's made a handful of movies and he's already at this standard you know he should oh, wow he should be sort of like being shouted from the rooftops about the quality of his movies in my opinion anyway oh yeah definitely but but is he maybe like a Neil Bloomkamp in that sense? We've been talking about the new Alien movie, mm. and Bloomkamp obviously has had big budget movies, but he's stuck to his guns, hasn't he? So maybe Gareth Evans is going to now get some big project, and they're going to go, "Here's the money, do your thing with it." Is he going to get some big franchise, something like that? God, I'd love to see him do something else with Scott Adkins. Oh God, <laughs> get my, get my lovely Scott in there. Yeah. Or like you mentioned, mate, how about Expendables Four? Well, it's, it's a dead franchise. Don't even talk about it. <laughs> Fucking hell. He should, make the, he should make the next Wesley Snipes movie. That's what he should make. Yeah. Get Snipes back in there stabbing people in the thigh. <laughs> <laughs> or in a dress with John Leguizamo. Well, I'll watch anything with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> what else have you been watching then, Chris? Oh, man. I, well, I've been having a bit of a film fest, actually. Kind of. Um, so I watched last night um, Calvary. I don't know if either of you have seen that with Brendan Gleeson. I've not. I don't know about you, Ramrod, have you? Mm, well, I've seen The Guard. Oh, The I've Guard's been, great. Yeah, I mean, laugh, brilliant. But I've been recommended this, but it's avoided me for this amount of time until you're going to sell it to me right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, the Raid and... Um, the Raid 2, I should say, and... The, um, Calvary are on Netflix at the moment, which is where I've watched them. Um, so, as you mentioned, this is uh, by director John Michael McDonough, uh, and he directed, wrote, I think, and directed The Guard, which um, I thought that was brilliant. You know, uh, Brendan Gleeson, I mean, he himself is a great actor. Uh, and, it, and according to IMDb, and you know yourself that IMDb can be bullshit, but um, <laughs> apparently his first acting credit even though it says he's uncredited he played a prison guard in the punisher the uh, the dolph lundgren version nice so but there you go um but he's a brilliant actor i mean he's worked with some of the the best in hollywood you know sort of um wolfgang peterson uh i'm sure it's spielberg um 
Oh gosh, Gangs of New York. Tell me, my mm. mind is fucking awful. <laughs> Danny Boyle in uh, Twenty Eight Days Later oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna? No, you're on about your mind being awful. I've just looked on IMDb. I have seen this film. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is take the... another pill. Babe. Oh god, pour me another drink, please, mate. I have. <laughs> I no. It was obviously good then. You enjoyed it. You know, actually, you know what? I bloody loved it as well, and I was shocked at the ending of it as well. So yeah. Well, yeah, don't do anything away. But um, so this this is he plays a priest, uh, Father James, and at the start of the movie, this is no spoiler because obviously it's right at the start. He's taking confession, and you never see the person who's in the the other side of the confession box. And basically, he says, "I mean, it's a freaking dark film, you know." It, this uh, this voice basically says that he was raped by a priest for years when he was a child. And um, he uh, wants to make a statement. So what he wants to do is not go and kill uh, the priest who did it because he's already dead or, or find another priest who was, you know, bad. He, he wants to m- murder a good man, which is Father James. And so he says, uh, a week on Sunday, um, we'll meet at the beach and I'm going to kill you. And... That, that will make a statement because, you know, what's the point in killing a bad priest when I can kill a good one? That'll, that'll sort of, like, put my, myself on the map and or whatever. And that's it. You know, that that's kind of then the setup. Um, it's about an hour and 40 minutes long. And then it's all about uh, Brendan Gleeson, similar to The Guard in some ways. I mean, it's obviously set in Ireland. And, but it's about, there's a weird bunch of people, um, and that sounds really disparaging to Irish people, but... Um, <laughs> just a really strange set of characters on this small little island where it's set. And they're all bastards bar, well, one mate or two. They're all fucking horrible characters, to be quite honest with you, pretty much a lot of them. And they they all push uh, Brendan Gleeson's buttons to a certain degree. They're always making cracks on him about there being no God or, uh, you know, why would God do X, Y, and Z, you know? And, and there's... there's it's got a great supporting cast. I mean, there's Chris O'Dowd in it, um, Aidan Gillen, Dylan Moran, um, even M- Emmett Walsh, who looks about 200 years old, but, you know, he, he's in it. Um, Kelly Riley, who plays his daughter. And everybody's got uh, problems or, you know, everybody's got some some something in in the closet, you know, if you like, or, the, or some issues. And it's all, all about him, I suppose, in some ways, trying to affirm his faith or, you know, be a good person with all of this shit going on around him. And and this almost like a death sentence hanging over his head. And it's it's really well written and it's really well acted and, and he's great. Honestly, I mean, Brendan Gleeson is brilliant. You know, I'll watch anything with him in it. But in Bruges, I mean, that, you know. Oh, yeah, superb. He's wonderful, you know, such a brilliant actor. Funny. But, you know, he's got that sort of other side to him where, you know, he can really portray sort of drama and uh, just like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. You know, he he can just kind of like put that across. Um, And it's great. It really is. I mean, if you want a double bill, uh, well, a triple bill, I'd even say, watch In Bruges, watch Calvary and watch um, The Guard and you will laugh and you'll cry you know and you'll smile and you know you'll be sad you know there's there's real moments of pathos in in uh, calvary as well and it's it's great it really is it's a 
cracking film. Um, highly recommended. I mean, it's one of those that um, it's it was you know got huge amounts of plaudits uh, sort of from uh, critics and stuff like that when it came out. You know, I think Empire gave it five stars. Total Film gave it five stars and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's 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 yeah, it's great. And I mean, you know, I'd like to see obviously what uh, the the, the director does next, you know, he's obviously a talented guy, you know, he can write stuff, he can, I mean, some of the, the lines in The Guard, I mean, The, the Guard, you know, Brendan Gleeson played a copper, you know, it was a, a whoring, drinking, you know, <laughs> just kind of like not giving a shit copper, and, but that was another cracker, so, um, yeah, highly recommended, I would totally go for that. Oh yeah, I'll um, definitely uh, Back you up on that one, mate. I think all good recommendations there. All all the three that you mentioned, you know, and especially Calvary. Um, why did I say I haven't watched it at the start? I like, no, you can remember it. Yeah, I know. No, hey, I old fucker, Dave. That's it. <laughs> I, I can only retain so many, so many I memories. I remember watching yeah, that. If, if I want to remember something else, I have to eject something else from my memory. <laughs> that, that almost went, but no, it was good. I remember it being really good. And again, no spoilers, but. I mean, you summed it up perfectly there, Chris. It's, it, you know, there's laughs in it, there's pathos in it. You'll, you, you might shed a tear in it. You're going to be shocked in it. It's, yeah, it covers all sorts of bases. It's really, really good. Mm. I've got one more film before. Obviously, I'm sorry, I don't want to take over the podcast or anything, but I'll mention this one very quickly because it's not my type of film at all. But again, I've mentioned this before. But my wife is a pain in the arse sometimes, and <laughs> it's it's good that you know we are definitely opposites attract because of the type of films that she likes, I generally don't go for, and vice you know vice versa. Um, so I thought, well, let's stick something on that she will like or hopefully like, but I'm. I've heard it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, and it's pitch perfect. Um, have either of you seen this one? I can definitely say, hand on heart this time, I have not seen this one. Right. Ramrod? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I tell you what, I feel in a fucking privileged position this time around because normally it's films that you guys have seen and I'm thinking, I haven't seen any of these and I feel really inadequate, but I've, I feel quite good about myself right now. But it is quite, it's a girly film. Okay. But I, <laughs> I would Retract re- that good about myself statement for the time being, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I would recommend it, honestly. It's so. It um, it came out in two thousand and two, uh, twelve. Sorry, they're bringing out a sequel, which you know you always think, oh god, because it was again one of those films that came out to sort of like lots of plaudits, and it was um, commercially well received as well. Like you know, people are saying four out of five and all this that and the other. Stars Anna Kendrick, who is great, um, and she joins a new school, and um, basically it's like uh, an. It's going to sound really wanky the way I'm going to describe it, but I'll try and sort of make it sound good. Right, so she's kind of like joins up with this group of female singers, like a cappella singers and everything. And there's within the college, there's uh, like people who do this a cappella stuff and that you know there's a contests and uh, then they kind of like face off against each other and everything else and that sounds really wanky i mean somebody described it to me as glee the movie now i've never watched glee and in fact i'd rather fucking claw my own eyes out than watch glee (laughs) but honestly this is brilliant it's really funny um it's got rebel wilson in it i don't know if you you've seen bridesmaids and she's in that briefly she's in pain and gain isn't she i haven't seen that one so but uh, what a great film get that um yeah but 
it's it's really good. I mean, and when they kind of like they're obviously doing their own thing. They are actually singing. They're, they're not just kind of like you know miming to it. I guess they are actually singing all this kind of stuff. And it's she's brilliant, Anna Kendrick in this. And it's just just watch it. It's really funny in places, you know. And um, just when you when they start getting into it, they kind of have, like having face. You're right. What? Yeah, sorry, I moved then. <laughs> How dare you move? You should, yeah. st- you should sit still. Like I know. Fuck it, I'm trying my best to stay still. <laughs> but um, so and then you know when they're facing off against each other and sort of like having the they can't like, like dance off but sing offs I guess. They're, it's it's really kind of like you can't help but smile. I had a smile on my face all the way through watching this. So, but I'd recommend that one as well to both of you. If, if you sit down with your your lady friends and. Uh, and watch this film, and you'll smile, hopefully. So, but there you go. Right. Those are my films. I'll, I'll put that on, on my to watch list. Then, mate. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. I've I've seen a lot about the sequel coming out, and I'm I I, I don't like because uh, I'm quite a sponge, and I like everything that's quite pop culture, and it's like, oh, I haven't seen the first one. I need to watch it and yeah. get into this so I know what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's worth it. It's on um, Amazon Prime at the moment. That's where we watched it. So there you go. All right. Yeah. We'll keep an eye out for it. Maybe you could come across here, Ramad, and we can we can watch it together. You can, we can have a little, yes. we can have a little night. We can have a sing song yeah, and everything. We'll do. We'll have a little moment again together. Another one. How about that? <laughs> Dave, I love our moments. <laughs> well, I've got I've got two films I want to talk about, and Ramrod, I know you've seen them both, and I know your opinion on them both is the same as mine. I be- is it Brokeback Mountain again, Dave? <laughs> it's never going to happen, mate. Don't, don't let everybody know about our Brokeback Mountain moments. All right. He's, he's tried to take me up a mountain so many times, Chris. <laughs> Did Put he a cowboy hat on and I'm like, fuck off, Dave. I don't want to rear sheep that's and stuff. I, don't, that's <laughs> I spit on my hand and he runs away. What can you do? Oh! <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's just wrong, Dave. Come on. Lowering the tone. Sorry, sorry. That, that there may well be people writing a, 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 a dissertation about this, so let, let, let's help <laughs> them. <laughs> and then they've just written about how I spat on my hand. So, <laughs> no, the two. F- it's not swear words, so we're okay. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're keeping it clean. It's um, yeah, but Chris, I know the two films that I'm going to speak about in a moment. Um, I'm not sure. I've no idea if you've seen them or not. So it'd be interesting to hear about you. The first one. And I've got a, a little bit of a rant before I start talking about this film. Um, because it is absolutely fucking amazing, right? But the fact is, I had to do a 72-mile round trip in the car to the cinema to watch this. I went to an Odeon cinema to watch this. Now, there's an Odeon cinema 10 minutes away up the road, okay? They didn't show it. Even a big chain like Odeon only specific ones showed this film, right? So it was really difficult to see. But I didn't mind doing this 72-mile round trip because it was so good. Unfortunately, I don't think too many people went to that trouble. And when I mention the name in a minute, if you didn't go to that trouble, you've missed out on an absolute treat. Because for me, at time of speaking, this is my film of the year so far. Um, and get ready, Ramrod. I think you know what I'm going to say. I know I went too. I saw it too. <laughs> you did see it at the cinema too. You did the same, mate. You did the same round trip I as I a did. Miles you you did. It. You did it a few days after me and Tina did. God bless you for doing it because we both went to the cinema and watched It Follows. Chris. Fuck. 
I know how. I mean, I read uh, Tina's review on the sixty minutes with website, and you know, you guys have seen a lot of horror films, and so for for you to say this is one of the scariest films that you've seen says a lot. Oh man, I tell you what, I grew up my my genre is horror. Always has been. Always will be. Uh, going back to VHS days, I would I would I would really sit there. I got a VHS early. I was lucky that my dad was. Uh, well, what we got an early adopter, and he got a video early, and I got a video early, and I had it in my bedroom, and I had a TV, and I would literally sit there. I'd watch two horror films a night. I'd tape stuff off the TV, or I'd get stuff. I'd rent them. This was before the days of sell through. It was always horror, horror, horror. But th- then you get to the stage where, well, nothing scares me anymore. You know, it's no films, no horror films scare me. In all honesty, I was sat there in the cinema and the hairs on my on my arm, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing on end. And I was like, holy shit. And it's one of those films, and I know, Ramrod, you're going to agree with me on this. It sticks with you after you've seen the film. Now, I can look in to play devil's advocate a little bit. I can see why some people might not get it. It's very slow, it's very dreamlike, the direction of it, the music of it. It it, it immerses you into this dreamlike state. It lingers over a lot of shots. There's not a lot of gore in it. That I think the main gore is right at the start, um, without giving any spoilers, of course. The premise of it is that there is something that follows you. You can see it following you, and this thing takes um, the image of it. could be somebody that you know. It could be a loved one. It could be anybody that you know. And they just walk slowly after you, right? Now, the start of the film, the only real gore scene, it shows um, this girl... And I told you, Ramrod, didn't I? I said, when you watch it, you're immediately going to be reminded of John Carpenter with the music as well uh, and with the imagery because you immediately think of Haddonfield where it was set, you go, oh, Michael Myers is going to pop round from a hedge in a moment because it's just like that. Um, but it takes its time and you see this thing following this girl. Now, the, the one gore scene, it shows you what happens if this thing catches you. Now, without giving any spoil- spoilers away, holy fuck, you don't want this thing to catch you. And then it set it up, it's in your mind then, okay, if this thing gets you, it's going to fuck you up big time. So the rest of the film follows these people um, who have this curse of this thing following them. The only way you can get rid of the curse is to have sex with somebody. So it harkens back to, you know, the slasher films almost of the 80s, of the, you know, have sex and die. But it puts a it puts a great new spin on it, um, with the fact that you have sex with somebody, they then have the curse. This thing then follows them. If it catches them, the curse then reverts back to you. So it's going to come back after you. Um, but it's just oh, I mean, even now talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps because it sounds weird if you haven't seen it that the fact that a person walking slowly after you can scare the shit out of you and it did the the whole thing the way that it's filmed um the music that accompanies it um the slow lingering shots the way that the thing that follows you changes from person to person and the people that they use within the film is i don't know it's, it's like some things i've never seen before which sounds kind of weird of somebody 
that's been watching films as long as I have. I mean, Ramrod, what? I mean, I know you—you you felt the same, didn't you? You went to the cinema and you came back, and even driving back from the cinema, you said you kept looking behind you in case oh, something was following you. It, it's weird because, like, like you say, there's not many horror films these days that affect me, and I, I'm one of those rare people that like contemporary things like um, Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity, because I do like to have a sort of an, a hope that, you know, ghosts and monsters are real. I'm still in that frame of mind. So if I watch something like Paranormal Activity, the first one, it, it stayed with me. It haunted me. I mean, that's the word I use. It's, it's haunting. And it did haunt me to think that this thing is in this these this couple's bedroom and it's not just a ghost it's a demon you know and a lot of people hated paranormal activity and and Blair Witch Project but I really like films like that that you know you're not safe in your house like Halloween and I think like you say Halloween was a massive obvious influence on it follows yeah but also the original Nightmare on Elm Street whereas what I really got off on was these kids I think there's about five in total and there's like some uh, a nucleus of sisters and a male friend. There's no adults in the film actively advising them, like, you know, trying to help them out of it. It's these kids have got this curse. They're going to deal with it. Like when you're a teenager and you know a secret about somebody else, you don't tell your mum or your dad. You try and keep it within yourselves. And that was the good anchor of this film is that there's no adults influencing what happens to it and these poor fucking kids go through this horrible twisted nightmare (laughs) where you know even coming out of her house on a sunny afternoon she'll lock on the roof of her house in the in in like i think they're in detroit aren't they it's quite a rundown area of detroit and it's quite a timeless film as well because it's not obviously set in like the the present day it looks like maybe the 80s or something like that but because they're so poor they're dressing in like clothes from free markets and stuff like you can tell it's a really well thought out bit of scripting where these kids have got to deal with this thing on their own and nothing's going to help them but they've got to help themselves but it's like you say the dreamlike element in it is that like the main actor is the girl from uh, the guest which is a film i recommended a couple of weeks back yeah um, and, you know, she doesn't have a hell of a lot to do in it, but be terrified and maybe shag other people, which you don't really see. And it does leave a lot to suggestion. This is why it's so far and above other horror movies with teenagers in it. And I really hope it finds an audience post-cinema, maybe on DVD when the word gets out there, people will watch it more because the scenes where... I mean, the scene specifically, and again, I don't want to give anyway any spoilers, but I, I, I took my girlfriend to the cinema and she loves horror movies too, and we sat there and I was up for this film. I knew it was going to be scary. And I had white knuckles holding <laughs> her hand <laughs> because of some of the scares that came in it. And it's, it's a brilliant work of horror when you don't need $50 million like, you know, Insidious or something like that. You know, and I know Insidious wasn't made for $50 million, but you you get what I'm saying. It's not a big franchise horror movie. It's a little independent film like Halloween, like A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hills of Eyes, where it it gets you right down to the the root of horror where you're scared. You're, You're terrified of this thing. And when that bloke comes through that doorway and anybody who's seen it will know when that six foot ten bloke comes through that doorway and you do not expect it to happen 
It's, there are, there are some Fuck there me. are some genuine moments of terror in it, and this is what really pissed me off about it because few people are going to see this at the cinema where it mm. needs to be seen. Really, it's one of those films. It's a, definitely a cinema film, mm. but because you know, like, like I said a minute ago, we we could have gone like ten minutes up the road to the Odeon there, but because it's an eight-screen multiplex and like five out of the eight screens were showing Fifty Shades of Shit, Ugh. and nobody else is going to get to see it like an absolute classic, like it follows. It mm. it it's so annoying. It is really so annoying. So please, if you're listening to this, and you couldn't get to the cinema to watch it, maybe you couldn't because it was miles away, like we had to travel. As soon as it comes out on DVD or as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray, whatever you've got, it's a must watch. It's a must watch because uh, you know I can't wait wait to buy it and watch it again. And I know I'm going to be scared shitless watching it again, even though I know what's going to happen. It, it goes it goes deep when a film gets you like that. And even though you know the scare, because it's one of those films where when the scares come, you you expect them the next time. But it's so effective it is. and simple. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. And they're the best ones usually, aren't they? You don't have to go like too over the top with everything. Yeah. yeah. Bravo to the director. David Robert Mitchell is the director of that film. And he's not made a horror movie before. I think he made an American teen angst movie before this. And... This is like probably maybe second movie. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, man! If he carries on like this, he's going to be the next fucking John Carpenter. Oh god, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next thing that he makes. Definitely, he's he's a name now that I'm going to watch out for after mm-hmm. this. He really is. That's it. Um, he set his storm up early yeah, there. Yeah, yes. And the second film, the second film I want to talk about is, um, and again, Remrod, I know you've seen this, and again, I know your views are going to be similar to mine. Fifty Shades of Grey. No, well, yeah, oh. well, this again, there's no way on earth I'm ever going to watch that kind of shit no way uh even though i know you've watched it <laughs> there's no way i, I am i'm have not, you? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah i'm not <laughs> oh, gonna watch it we'll we'll pass oh, that wow. over to you in, in a minute mate but, <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm never gonna watch that jesus no i but i did watch i'm lucky enough again another great film another recommendation for everyone that's listening watch the film called 71 now this is set obviously, in 1971. It's set in Northern Ireland um, during the times, you know, all the troubles with the IRA, etc. And it is, I think, Ramrod, you'll agree with me, it's, I mean, you told me this before I watched it, you watched this film before I did, and you said, think of The Warriors, set in 1971. (laughs) Now, The the Warriors is one of my all-time favourite films, but instead of, like, a gang of people being stuck in this really perilous place and having to escape... It's one guy. It's a British soldier who's stuck in Northern Ireland. He's been separated from his squad. He's got to get out of there. And there's all these people that just want to kill him and fuck him up big time. But it's so, it's so gritty. It's one of those that you'll watch. You can't relax while you're watching it. You'll be watching it and you'll have, like you said when you were watching it, follows mate, and you know, the white knuckles. Mm. I was sat there watching it and there's so many things that happen. He goes, oh fuck, fuck, get out of there quick. No, don't, don't do that. Don't go there. It's, it's one of those. It's not a relaxing film, but it's a film that if you watch it, by the time it finishes, you're just going to breathe such a sigh of relief and go oh fuck it, because the, it's tension all the way through it's realistic and gritty um it's violent it's believable um 
if I've got any complaint, it could be the whole shaky camera thing that I'm not too into, but then it it gives it that sense of kinetic energy and that's why the you know, that's why they use the whole shaky handheld camera and it, anyway, but I loved it. And again this is like a huge recommendation from me and I know Ramrod you felt the same after you watched it, didn't you? Yeah, I mean that this guy's first motion picture that he's made he's directed tv did a bit of dead set he's done a bit of this that and the other on british tv but this is his first movie it's like he's been making films for 20 years and what a what a vital sort of voice it's like um 12 years a slave it's like a steve mcqueen he's made one of these films about a, a very vital part of you know british history irish history maybe um but uh, and jack o'connell i think because he's had a lot of um you know, plaudits over the last few months and that with doing Unbroken and stuff like that. And I've never been a big fan of him, really, because he always plays Jack O'Connell in everything he's in. He's the same character. But in this, he he's shitting his pants. He hardly says two words in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. He embodies fear because he knows if he says the wrong thing or goes down the wrong street or takes the wrong turn, somebody's going to shoot him in the face oh, yeah. and he's dead. Uh, you know, and again, the other actor in it, I love Sean Harris. Um... And anybody's listening, if you don't know Sean Harris, he's he's been like a character actor in a couple of movies, Outlaw, Prometheus, um, Harry Brown he was in, and he was also in a great horror movie called Creep. Oh, that's where amazing. He, <laughs> you know, and he played the monster in Creep, but if you want to see a like a monster performance by a great actor, Jesus Christ, and he is a bit of a bastard. He's always a bit of a bastard. He in is, everything. yeah, every time, yeah. But a uh, seventy-one is—it's so surely directed and well-paced and authentic. It's—it's it's such a brilliant film. I mean, what what a great director! I, I can only say, this guy is—he's—he's he's shit hot at making these movies and it is like the warriors i love those movies set over one night yeah you know my big thing is like enemy territory and judgment night oh, and films like that yeah, oh yeah. god any film set over one night where you can relate to people even purge anarchy which didn't nobody really liked it i fucking love purge anarchy it's one night of terror and 71 you might look at it on the shelf in as the living and you'll think it's <laughs> it's a, a film about the ira it's not it's a pulse Pounding yeah. thriller. You really connect with the characters, don't you? That's the thing. You yeah, care, great film. You care for him. Yeah, you know, and he's, he's a right chavy bastard. You know, and he's dead. <laughs> he is, though, in he when is. you watch yeah, it. He, he won, like, best newcomer or best uh, something like that at the BAFTAs, didn't he? And he'd come up on stage and he was like, oh, yeah, mate, and all this. It's like, he's so cocksure. But in this film, you can see he's a, he's a great actor. He really carries it well. Yeah, brilliant movie, though. Brilliant movie is, and yeah. very violent. Oh yeah, yeah. You see what happens when you get shot in the face in broad daylight. It isn't nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It isn't nice. Yeah, that's one you've got to watch that, Chris. Definitely. Yeah, well, both of them they sound amazing. I mean, it follows as well. It's it's going to be one of those though. I'll probably end up watching on my own because uh, I'll keep banging on about it. But uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, my wife's going to sit down and go, watch then. it with me. When you so, when you uh, watch it, mate, promise me you'll watch it. Then if you're going to watch it on your own, watch it at night. In the dark, turn all the lights off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bought the Conjuring because I remember you talked about that um, 
I think it was our very first show, uh, Ramrod. I bought that and still to watch it <laughs> because it's <laughs> oh, it'll be one of those I watch on my own. I'm, I want to watch the Babadook as well because people. I mean, oh, you guys yeah. said about, about yeah, that. Brilliant. It's just like there's a, you know a great sort of like time for I don't want to call them low budget horror movies, but just just horror movies. You know those type of horror movies. If they're there, if you want to find them, oh, I mean, they are. yeah, there's still scary stuff out there. Yeah, you just got to look a little bit deeper for it now. Yeah. Well, Chris, we, we've give you some good recommendations there. Um, mm. Ramrod, we give you. Chris has give us some. Have you have you got any mate that you want to tell me and Chris about? Well, I mean, in terms of movies, I mean, we're we're, we're talking about the things I've been loving dearly. But um, I went on a little venture, um, and I tweeted about it earlier this month. Um, I did a bit of a double bill. And um, it's probably a bit of a controversial double bill for um, movie lovers because one movie is good and one is notoriously shit. (laughs) And the double bill was Speed and Speed 2. Now, I was going to do a bit of a bit about the contrast between the two movies. But what happened was when I watched Speed, I was a bit fucking blown away because it's been a long, long time since I've watched it. So instead of going down the road of films and their sequels, I went down a road called Keanu Reeves. Mm. And that road was very bountiful in absolute quality, awesome shit. <laughs> and we're going to have a little Keanu Reeves loving if you fancy coming with me. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it's, that. Let's do it. Because, uh, I mean, I sat there that night and I'm a notorious drinker. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start with that. My heroes are Charles Bukowski, Richard Burton, Oliver Reed, etc. So I like a drink, but I like to experience something. And speed is, uh, you know, and probably a lot of people listening to this as yourselves have seen speed and know it's a good action film. But watching it in that mindset where I wanted to, I wanted it to be new to me. I wanted to watch it as if it's the first time. I was quite blown away by Keanu Reeves in it. And I think the turnaround in action movies has happened. Obviously, as we've seen like Expendables 3 and the 12A rating, etc. And the things have been dumbed down. If you look at Taken, the first movie came out on DVD as an 18 certificate. Taken 3 was a 12A That's why I didn't go and watch it in the cinema, because I want my action movies to be full of violence and swearing and, you know, blokiness and shit. So Speed (laughs) was... I mean, I put it on on Blu-ray, and I was like, right, okay, let's go. I've seen Speed before. And I think the first five, six sentences Keanu Reeves speaks in the opening of the film is, fuck, fuck, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, fuck. (laughs) And I went, oh, yeah, that's what I like to hear. And within... 20, 30 minutes of the film, you've had one major action sequence, one, two at least massive explosions, and uh, establishing what is, for my money, one of the best action films probably ever made. You know, I'll put it right up there with Die Hard, Mm. Bad Boys 2, you know, these are action movies, these are balls to the wall, fire and shit everywhere, and blokes swearing and machine guns. That's what I want to see. So I kind of watched Speed all the way through, and the more I drank, the more I was getting a hard-on for Keanu Reeves' character because, oh, he's fucking beautiful, isn't he? Mm. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was enthusiastic. 
that's, that's my inter- that's my internal noise I was making while I was watching Speed. <laughs> I mean, we're all very familiar with his work, and I I watched Speed that night, and then I started to watch Speed Two after it. And I, you know, Jason Patrick, give him his plaudits. I mean, because the Lost Boys, he's you know brilliant, and then. Nark, I don't know if you've seen Joe yeah, Carnahan's yeah, Nark. Yeah. He's fantastic. As well. Yeah, you know, he's he's. it's a shame for him because I think if he'd have gone down a different road or he'd have got the opportunities, he would have been still, you know, worth, you know, bankable, I suppose, in mm. the way you call it. But it's a shame because in Speed 2, he, he starts off as a really interesting character, but Speed 2 turns into, like, this weird relationship drama with Willem Dafoe, and I didn't give a shit about it. It's it's probably one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life, and I've seen The Room. So I can, I, I'm not going to talk about Speed 2. It's not worth it. I then went on a Keanu Reeves journey. Now, where do you start with Keanu Reeves? Because I, I came in at speed and I think it was 1994. So then you go back to 1991. Oh. Anybody know what that film was? Oh, yes. <laughs> it was a little film called Point Break. What a classic. Now, I mean, I hold it very dear anyway, but obviously in the Keanu Reeves action hero canon, it's probably the best thing he ever did. I mean... I, I could talk for an hour about Point Break because we all know how fucking amazing it is. And Patrick Swayze, God rest his soul, yeah. you know, maybe probably his finest moment acting wise. I mean, I've seen Dirty Dancing a hundred times. I, th- you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. I think it's a great film. Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse. You know, where do you go there? Dalton, brilliant character, timeless, brilliant, epic character. But Keanu Reeves is this. You know, Gary Busey as well, John C. McGintley, they're all in there. Anthony Kiedis shoots his own foot off, for Christ's sake. What a great film. And it's directed by a woman, for God's sake. Point Break is so good, but Keanu Reeves in it. He's so fucking beautiful and so shit hot in this film. His lazy sort of beach bum delivery that we were used to from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure turns into this weirdly hot masculine thing that he does Mm. that he carries through all his movies so i went from point break and we obviously all know how great point break is got one of the best foot chases oh oh yeah yeah i mean the the bit where he throws the dog at him (laughs) (laughs) it's he's he's insanely good but I think he's quite maligned when you think of action heroes because you'd say, like, Sly, Arnie, Chuck Norris, Wesley Snipes. You wouldn't really think to put Keanu Reeves in there, would you? You'd put Nicolas Cage in before you put Keanu Reeves in, you know, Face Off, Con Air, The Rock. But even Nicolas Cage at the time wasn't... He was an action hero when he did these films. He was Nicolas Cage. He was the awkward kooky type and Keanu Reeves was like the cool dude but this is the great thing that Hollywood did with Reeves is they they created this amazing monster which unfortunately they never gave him these big movies to do until 1999 The Matrix comes out yeah, and reinvents fucking cinema almost doesn't it and in terms of action cinema changes the game now, I watched The Matrix last night just to refresh my memory. Just the first movie, obviously the, the second and the third one. They're loved and hated in equal measure. But again, Keanu Reeves, Jesus Christ, man. The fucking guy can carry an action movie when he shouldn't be able to. Mm. 
Now, I know I go on about Scott Adkins quite a lot because I've got a, a massive man crush on him. He's my hero. And when I met him, um, he said, actually, Keanu Reeves is the only guy that actually does all his own stunts, does all his own fights, takes action movies seriously. And that's coming from Scott Adkins, who, if anybody's ever seen a Scott Adkins movie, nobody can really touch him in terms of action cinema. But he said, watch this film called John Wick that's coming out. Mm. Now, you've seen it, Dave? I've seen it, mate. I certainly have. I mean, John Wick came out. And before I touch on John Wick, I'm going to just mention a couple of other films he did before. I watched 47 Ronin. And I, I wasn't too struck on it, but Keanu Reeves has got such a respect for like martial arts and the history of Japanese cinema and that he's literally made a Japanese epic. It's not a great film, but again, his dedication in the role is brilliant. And then he did a film called Man of Tai Chi. Now, has anybody ever seen that one? No, I've not no. seen that. Now, this came out, I think it was like 2013, 2012, something like that. Now, he directed this film and he's he's kind of like this the co-star of it he plays the big bad guy in it which is not really his usual type and it's um it's usual kung fu movie some like small time guy gets entered into this fight tournament and he's got to fight his way up until he gets to keanu reeves who's like a masked sort of um you know, kingpin type in it. But if you've not seen Man of Tai Chi, it's, it's really worth watching. If you liked it, man, and films like that, it's very, um, it's a good martial arts movie, you know, but if you look at the Keanu Reeves has directed this film, you'll think, holy fucking shit. He's, he really knows his martial arts. And then when it comes to him, his, well, hopefully his reprisal of what he's done in the past is John Wick and people are going to see John Wick and realize now, you know, what a, what a great talent he is and you've seen it Dave and you know I sat there we watched John Wick and there will not be a better action film this year he's he does his own fights in it all the own moves the 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 violence in it is insane and you look at Keanu Reeves and you think when you say his name you what you just think of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure <laughs> and Bill and Ted's bogus journey because he's like cool dude and he's got that LA surfer thing going on. But what an amazing talent Keanu Reeves is. And if anybody's not seen any of his movies or, or any of his modern stuff, please watch John Wick oh, because God, yeah. I mean, we talked, we talked earlier, didn't we about the raid and the raid two and what mm. that does with knives. John Wick does that with guns in John mm. Wick. You're going to see somebody being shot point blank in the head and <laughs> what happens and you're going what the fuck it's incredible mm. it really is it's no holes bad old school action but done with that modern sort of but it you know the problem is that we said before with modern action cinema is they cut 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 and you don't get to watch the fights yeah now the guy who's directed John Wick is uh, he's a fight choreographer. I think he's worked on a lot of these action movies before. So even though it's very stylized, good soundtrack, very drive influenced, he holds the camera back and you get to see what goes on. And fair fucking play to Keanu Reeves. The man's fifty years of age and he's still fucking doing arm locks and flipping over people's heads. <laughs> you know, and he's not really known for being a you know, a a martial artist. You know, you yeah. wouldn't say Keanu Reeves you know, Steven Seagal in that sort of vein, but you look back through his career, he's a hard bastard. He really oh, is. Yeah. Um, I mean, even in movies like Constantine, 
is really good and like Johnny Mnemonic you can go through his entire career he's had such a varied career even films like Gus Van Sant's My Own Private Idaho you know he's a good actor he's worth watching but he's a hard motherfucker <laughs> and I tell you what Expendables 4 he'd be, he's got oh, my vote he'd be one to get mate you really would yeah never mind Antonio Banderas what the fuck that was about in Expendables <laughs> yeah. so I don't know yeah. where's Keanu Reeves yeah get rid of Puss in Boots and get Keanu Reeves <laughs> that's what I'm talking about yeah. man and you said even, even though he's 50 as you two will find out 50 is the new 20 <laughs> <laughs> what the way I feel Dave are you joking no, I, I tell you what I mean he's, he's much maligned um, Keanu Reeves just you know because people he's, he wouldn't act so wouldn't deliver and all that sort of stuff but like you said the word you used was reinvent, and that's the mm. thing he does. He reinvents himself. You know, it, it, with The Matrix, I mean, I just remember going to the cinema and being blown away by that movie. It is, it, like you said, it changed the game for cinema. It changed, you know, you just think about how many movies then incorporated that sort of slow-mo, bullet time effect and everything else. Just in terms of special effects, it changed the game. It really did for, for cinema. But not you know if you look at some of the, his other roles like if you've seen uh, Sam Raimi's The Gift, he's a twat in that. He's a really horrible character, but he's brilliant in it. You know he's really good. And you know, I mean, I, you know, it, 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 if you do, I mean, being I suppose if you're looking at everything he's doing, I mean, if you've seen Dracula, he is a bit dodgy in that. I don't know. Yeah. He's not the best. I, I mean, if, if you, I'll give you a Dracula. Yeah, it's the accent, though. I think in that it's the well. accent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's trying to put on a British or a, a, you know, kind of I suppose English accent, I guess. But and he's not the best. You can tell he's struggling. But the one thing that I've learned about Keanu Reeves is that he is a hundred percent dedicated to, to the roles he puts it puts in. I mean, I've looked, I watched, you know, because I was kind of obsessed with the Matrix. I watched all the the you know extras, the um, the the. Uh, commentaries and everything else the, the amount of work he put into those fight scenes and choreographing them and, and making sure that everything was perfect, he wanted everything to be perfect you know. and if he, he felt that anything was slightly off, that was it he'd do it again, no questions asked he'd do it again and again and again and I think he deserves a lot more credit than he actually gets because he's one of those that he's just you know, he will make such a very very sort of amount of films and some of them might work more than often than not they'll work but maybe some of the ones that don't come off they'll think oh he's shit you know Keanu Reeves oh he can't act he's fucking awful <laughs> but then if you actually think about it I mean some of the films like Street Kings was one of the last films I watched him in and he's a tough son of a bitch in that as well um, you know I don't know if you guys have seen that one uh, David, David Ayer yeah definitely. I love you know, his work man it's a, he's a, he is a bastard in it it's it, just yeah, I think I totally full on. I think you do it. You know, we could talk about him for an hour and just go through. Well, for the two, three hours, just like you said, mm. speed. I saw that at the cinema and was just again that changed the game. It was just an incredible action movie. Um, you know, brilliant, absolutely superb. It's it's the difference like watching Speed though and just seeing because of the time it was made, like in like the the mid nineties. It's it's the it's the swearing in it which you don't really get a lot they try and dial it back a bit and Keanu Reeves is like he's like chewing gum he's got a crew cut and he's fuck 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 <laughs> in the first 10 minutes of the film and you know because we're used to like you know action cinema either being the raid or being taken three you either get horrendous violence or you get very little and then watching a film like that which is like 
you know, like a die-hard balance of, you know, you can get along with this guy because he's he's just a normal bloke. He swears, he he chews gum. He's just a bit stupid. He's a bit gung ho. And his character in that, this is the thing that got me with Keanu Reeves is he doesn't come across as that dude. He's that guy from Point Break that, you know, yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Yeah, he can pull it off, but he'll shoot you. He can give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He does not give a fuck. And that's the thing with Reeves. Like, And even watching The Matrix last night, Neo, yeah, you know, he gets woken up. And then all of a sudden, I know Kung Fu. I'll kick you in the face, mate. I don't give a fuck how pretty I am. <laughs> he's not selling the films on himself i think that's the thing about him is he like you say he wants to make a movie you can tell and when it comes from scott adkins saying he's the only guy i've seen in hollywood that actually loves what he does and does what he does himself that is it yeah you know that says it all here's a question for you as well what the fuck ever happened to yander bond I mean, he was hot. Hey, man, we were he talking was... about this the other night. We were, for God's sake. we were, yeah, it's unbelievable, mate, because we were both myself and Ramrod were sat just a few nights ago, asking ourselves the exact same question, mate. We really were. He, he, he made was... fucking Tomb Raider, the second Tomb Raider movie, which I thought was the best one, and then he made another movie, and he did Twister, and he did all these great films, and then he fucking vanished. Mm. And it wasn't, I don't think his last film, if you say his last film was Speed 2, you'd say fair enough because it was a fucking pile of shit. But it wasn't his last movie. He then went on to direct that brilliant Tomb Raider sequel. And then he vanished. I think he's done cinematography in a couple of um, German, Austrian, where you know, mainland Europe things. But he's not directed a film since like the late 90s. No. It's like he, Paul Verhoeven. What the fuck yeah, happened yeah. to him? Well, I mean, uh, just I mean the last one, the haunting, which I've seen bits of, Yanderbont did, which I think that's a bit dodgy. It's but, a bag uh, of balls. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, Paul Verhoeven. I mean, he did. Um, is it Black Book? Not Black Book. That uh, was the last thing I saw he directed. Was that Black Book. is a cracking film as well? I love that, and that's another foreign language movie. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend that one. But totally. if you, I mean, if you're like a hol- like a studio executive and you've got a big, like action franchise, something like that. Would you not look at Yander Bond to direct it, Paul Verhoeven to direct something like Fifty Shades? Imagine Fifty Shades of Grey. I know you haven't seen it, but... Oh, wow. By, but Verhoeven, that you'd would go, be off the charts. You'd, you'd run to the cinema. If Paul <laughs> yeah. Verhoeven brought out a movie now, I'd go, holy fuck, it's about time. Yeah. Yander Bond as well. I mean, Twister, you know, and Speed. It's like, oh, fuck, this guy is talented. I mean, he shot Die Hard, for Christ's sake. You know, get him out there. Get him. Get these guys back working again. Mm-hmm. Him and Keanu Reeves, Speed Three. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's at this point I should point out to any new listeners um, listening to sixty minutes with when it comes to the en- <laughs> when it comes to the entertainment shows, it means a minimum of sixty minutes with of just talking about films. We we do have license to carry over the sixty minutes with these as we as we have done. So I'm going to ask both of you: Is how we done with movie talk? I think so. I think so. <laughs> the thing is, what's great though is we've given not only have we given the listeners, but we've given each other recommendations of things to watch, mm-hmm. which is what I love about doing this. You know, it's oh. you know, I I've already ticked a few things. Oh, I need to watch that now. I need to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I would just very 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 quickly mention. I don't want to spend that much time on it at all. But I, I watched uh, Real Steel again the other day. It was on TV, and I've watched it before. 
I really like that film. I mean, I really like Hugh Jackman anyway, but I think that's a cracking film. It's a mixture of Rocky and Over the Top. Yeah. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen that. Yeah. It's a, it's a good, I wouldn't say family film. If I had a little boy, I'd sit down with my little boy and I'd watch that movie. <laughs> because it's kind of, it, it's it's family friendly, but it's a little bit edgy. So, it, but not enough to sort of like make you think, oh, my kid shouldn't watch that. Yeah. But uh, also, it's got some real kind of punch the air moments. I, th- I think it's a really good film. And I like Jackman. I think he's a, he's a good actor. So, anyway, just throw that in. I'm glad you said about watching it with your little boy as well, because believe it or not... I don't have one. I know. Yeah, I, know what... <laughs> I watch it with my little girl. Well, yeah. And so he should. But no, I watched it. I took, I took my son to the cinema to watch it last year. Um, and here you go. He was 14 at the time we watched it, and we watched it on Father's Day. Oh, oh, and, oh. and I tell you what, that was one of the best experiences I've had with my son, to sit there with him on Father's Day. We watched that. Um, I, I mean, again, we're not going to spoil it, but for those that have seen it, you'll know it's a proper father-son film. It's one of those. And, and we were like fist bumping each other. We came out of that and we were hugging each other and it was just one of those things that will live with me forever. It was just fantastic. Really, really good. And I love that film, not only for that experience, but I think it's a great film anyway. Cool. Yes, that was good. So I'll, I'll move this on to video games. There's two I want to talk about, um, but they both link into each other. Uh, I started off, I've had this on my PS4 for a while. It was a PSN Plus game a few months ago, Infamous First Light. Now, it sat there on my hard drive for ages, so I thought, okay, I'll dip into it. This was, I don't know, since the last time we recorded, uh, holy shit, I got so into it. It was one of those. I was expecting nothing from it. It's a third-person open-world shooter, although you don't really have weapons because you're the weapon. Um, within First Light, you have this sort of neon power. You just have this one power that you can upgrade. Um, I just love it. I love it that the fact that um, it's a small... Even though it's open-world, it's a small open-world. It can be completed quite easily. I've completed the game. Um, but within the open world section, you also go into these different arenas where you, you, you're up against these sort of bots, which kind of reminds me a little bit of when I used to play Unreal Tournament on the PC. Uh, and you'd set up all the bots and you'd, you'd be shooting against those. And I just love it. I love the feel. I love the, I love the open world bit of it. It immersed me into it. I love the feel of um, the neon power that you've got in it. I don't know, everything just sort of clicked with me. It clicked with me so much that I then went into game and I bought a physical physical copy of Infamous um, Second Son. And it this is doing the same to me. I'm about halfway through it. I think I'm like about 45% complete at the moment. Um, and those that have played it will know you start off, you've got this smoke power. Uh, and I've been going through like that but I've been ignoring the missions. <laughs> I've been walking around and doing all the side mission stuff. Uh, I I played it again today for a couple of hours and I just unlocked the neon power that's within the game um, because I've just been I've just been immersing myself within the world. And these are two games um, that have really really sort of clicked with me, and I'm loving them. I like one or one. I ask Chris, have you have you played either of these, both of these? Yep, I've finished both of them. You finished both, and what did you think of them? 
I thought, yeah, they're good fun. Really, really good fun. Obviously, Second Son came out first, so I picked that up day one. Um, PlayStation 4 exclusive. I think it's fair to say it's a beautiful looking game. It's one of those that I think with this generation of consoles, uh, it's all about the lighting and the water. You know, because like when it rains and stuff like that, the puddles will form on the ground. I know this sounds daft, but you know, that kind of effect when you it just feels like you're kind of running down a real street i love all that sort of stuff and the the powers themselves just look really cool the facial animations in second son of second to none i mean um there's sort of like there's uh when is it delson it's been a while since i played that now the main character he's uh when he chats to his brother who's a cop and this transition between like the game and the cutscenes and stuff is really well done as well. But the facial animations—they're they're just so well done. Just kind of you can see how technology's moved on. Um, it's not an amazing game. It, 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 don't get me wrong. In terms of uh, it, wouldn't it didn't you know it wasn't in my top ten games of last year, but um, it was still an enjoyable game. And I did everything in it, all the side quests. Because it's it's Seattle, isn't it, that you're in? It is, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that's one bit I wanted to talk about. Near the start of it, um, I do in real life suffer from vertigo. But and I, Now, I've played games where you have to go up high. You know, there's like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry 4 and all of these, and it's never really affected me. Oh, my God, the bit where you have to you scale the Seattle, it's the needle it's called, isn't it? Yeah. And, and you go up to the top of it. I have never felt anything like this playing a video game in my life i was i was literally shaking i was scared i was getting dizzy and i'm sat on the couch playing this game trying to convince myself going it's a video game it's a video game but <laughs> i don't know what it was about this that was so different to any other games where you've had to scale you know heights but i i was i was shit scared there's no other way of explaining it i've never felt anything like that it was incredible it's cool when you start unlocking different powers and different because uh, you've got a skill tree and stuff like that, so you gain experience by doing different side quests and doing missions, and you can choose which ones you want want, want, want to unlock. Um, and so that's all cool, you know, because you can feel yourself becoming more powerful. And um, I mean, I, I played Infamous and completed it the first one. Did played a bit of two, but this has just come on a little bit now, and um, it is good. I really do like it, and uh, I liked. First Light, because that features a character from Second Son. I don't know if you've met her yet. I have, just today I met her for the first time. Okay, today, yeah. She's called Fetch, isn't she? Yeah. From, from, right. um, so sec, uh, First Light tells you more about her story, which kind of like, if you played First Light first, some of it might not have necessarily made sense to you, but now you're going to be playing Second Son, it's going to become a bit more apparent as to why her character is the way she is and everything else um it's good it, it, it is a re- it's a good game entertaining you know just kind of and you can turn your mind off and just play it you don't need to st- sort of stress too much about it if you know what i mean it, it's just a a fun but challenging enough kind of game if you, if that makes sense it'd be interesting to see how you get on towards la- la- the latter parts of the game because some of the bosses are i'll let you know probably by the next time we record the next entertainment show then i might have stories about the bosses then if if you need any help i'll i'll share play with you right i may well need you then mate (laughs) we'll we'll come to that one maybe in the next couple of weeks then i'm not saying you're shit or anything but you know no i'll i'll say it mate i'm shit i don't mind (laughs) it's alzheimer's doesn't help that's it no it doesn't i forget where i've been 
Um, yeah. I did. I did sort of tease in the last entertainment show that we did about Euro Truck Simulator Two. Um, Woo! Yeah. <laughs> un, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I've I've not had a lot of gaming time, and the ga- oh. and the gaming time that I've had. Um, I've not want to sat upstairs in front of like my computer screen. I just wanted just to you know kick back on the couch. So that that will be upcoming because I do I do want to get into that. But you know it's I think there's a difference with gaming uh, between consoles and computer gaming. Um, and it's I think it's just the I personally I feel more relaxed. Just you know I think maybe more do sat on the couch with my feet up than having to sit in a different room upstairs in front of a computer screen because i know you've got like a gaming pc haven't you chris and what what would you prefer yeah oh totally i mean my pc i don't really use it for games although i've got a shit ton on my steam library but it's one of those that i think my my mate did said that you know your first steam sale will be your last steam sale because you'll buy everything up and probably hardly ever touch it but um yeah i know you can connect your PC to a, a big screen because I can hear all the PC gamers saying you can do all that shit, <laughs> you know. But there is something about just like you said, a console gaming. Yeah, it's it's not convenience, it's not, isn't it? It's not a faff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's not. Sometimes when you you play a PC game, you think, oh, I've got to faff with the settings. I've got to faff with this. I've got to do something else. And there's some, there's times when you just think, I can't be asked. I just want to put a disc in and I just want to press it, play, and that's it. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, that's me. That's me done. That's my gaming talk. Um, I'm going to pass it over to you, Ramrod, because I know, mm. I know through some online photographs that you took that you've you've had a new gaming experience, haven't you, lately? Well, I had. <coughs> Christ, sorry, I'm just coughing me guts. <laughs> I've had two lately. How about this then? One was, I'm going taking you back to the arcades. When was last time you went to an arcade and discovered something new? A while, um, a while ago. We was at a tattoo convention in Manchester and we popped across to the Trafford Centre and they've got a Namco Arcade Centre in the Trafford Centre. So obviously me and uh, my sister and her fella and my girlfriend, we was like, oh, let's pop in and have a look. And the first thing we saw in the arcade was a fucking Star Wars battle pod. Now, if anybody's seen this on the internet, it's the holy fucking grail of Star Wars arcade gaming. It's literally... Do you remember, like, the G-Lock 360, that sort of thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. you got in it. God, yeah, I used to go on that in Blackpool, yeah. Totally immersive gaming experience. You're like, holy, it was like going on a ride. Well, this is like an enclosed little environment. You open a door, you walk in, you sit down, and you've got a sort of mini IMAX esque screen in front of you which is like the the whole semicircle of the pod you're in and you've got two control sticks and you sit in you've got a speaker behind your head you put your two pound in which is pittance for the amount of thrill you're about to have as you literally pilot in first person an x-wing fighter into the trenches of the fucking death star and everywhere you look around you is space and oh my god, it's the best arcade game I've ever played in my life. You can choose at the beginning from either a X-wing fighter doing the trench run in Star Wars. You can be a snow speeder on Hoth, lassoing Atats, or you can be a speeder bike in Return of the Jedi on Endor. Now that's what I put my two pound into on the second play, and I was literally piloting a speeder bike with an erection. <laughs> 
fucking get out of my way, wicket. I am taking down the Empire single-handedly. What an amazing experience. Now, I love a bit of arcade gaming. It's my bread and butter. But to go into an arcade these days and, you know, you get like Terminator and the Alien machine gun game. You know, I've played a few of these and they're fun. But something so immersive as this is you look up, down, left and right and all you've got around you is space. It's fucking someone else. What a great game. I mean, I would invest money in finishing this pod. But two pound a crack, you know. I might have to put me me flat up, you know, <laughs> live on the streets and all this. But that was a great experience. If you if you see an arcade near you and you see a Star Wars battle pod, get in it and you know remember how good arcade gaming can be. It's a great thing. Um, the other night, basically, I went round to my girlfriend's house and she's she's a bit more of a gamer than me, even though I worked for game for nearly ten years. I'm a bit <laughs> shit at all that and. Uh, we played online together on um, Call of Duty of of all the games, but I think it was more the experience of playing online properly for a good session for a few hours, and you know having American people tell me I'm a dickhead <laughs> and stuff like that. What what a brilliant thing! I mean, she's she set it up so the one TV was for her to face, and I was sat kind of askew to her so i was facing another screen so we couldn't see what was going on and we just played online um on gta and uh, call of duty and we played i think it was black ops zombies we played as well we have to board up the windows and work together i sound like such a neanderthal saying this because you've obviously <laughs> both done it a million times but fuck me i'm missing out on online gaming what a brilliant time it was and if anything it brought me and her closer Mm. something you know that you can share with someone and at the end of it it's like one in the morning and i'm like wow you know where did the last four hours go that was fucking brilliant <laughs> can, can i ask yeah. you mate yeah who who killed each other the most well i don't really want to talk about all that she's got a bit of a reputation before i met her as a bit of a knifey bastard apparently <laughs> <laughs> And, Hopefully um, in uh, online gaming and not in real life. Well, not definitely <laughs> not in real life, but a lot of a lot of the lads around the village um, were playing online, and she would get involved. And she's one of these because she's very tomboyish, where she, you know, she might look like Megan Fox, but she, you know, she'll fart in the bath. <laughs> That's not, it's funny, but yeah, she's got a bit of a reputation as being a pain in the ass for stabbing people. Now, I'm I'm pretty good on games. I'm pretty confident in my skill, and I've been playing video games for a long time. And the amount of times I would respawn and they get knifed in 3 <laughs> seconds and then have her pissing herself laughing on the couch. It's it's at once a frustrating experience and one of those things that endears you to her because I remember working in game for years and praying for a girlfriend that played video games and she's, you know, killed me many times. I did beat her once, though. One game is mine. <laughs> it will be mine forever. But yeah, she fucked me up. I'll be honest. It's good, though. It's good, isn't it, though, that you got the chance to do that sort of online gaming? Yeah, man. You know, uh, it's a shame that I'm a poor bastard. I'm a, I work for the government, so I don't get a lot of money. And... um I wish I could afford that little 
luxury of Wi-Fi so I could get a PS4 and get immersed in that world because fuck me, I'd love it. It was so much fun. <laughs> Just like GTA, I know Hardline's out this weekend, isn't it? It is, yeah. That's going to be a big online experience. I, I think I'm going to buy it anyway for the single player mode because I do love a good shoot. And if I get to shoot the police in it, well, you know, no offence to any police officers. <laughs> but you're going down. <laughs> you know, yeah, but it, it was a nice time. Yeah, it's good because, like, my gaming experience is quite limited these days and I need to apply myself a little bit more. But you've in, you you fellas have inspired me and uh, as many people I know around me to get back into the world of gaming and uh, just fucking give it a big un. Nice. And I won't beat the bitch. She, she's fucking... <laughs> I know she'll listen to this and don't fucking think it's over yet, motherfucker. <laughs> we'll want an update in the next time, we're... The next time fucking, we record. I'll fucking immolate you next time. <laughs> yeah. What about you then, Chris? Wow. Well, I mean, I've... I, yeah. I mean, since we've last spoken, I've played quite a lot of different things and, you know, as, as doing the gaming podcast. You know, similar to yourself, Ramrod and Dave, you know, my gaming time is limited, so... I, don't, I mean, I won't bang on too much about sort of all the games I've played, but I suppose to take it back to what you were saying earlier on about the arcades and stuff like that, I suppose maybe to draw a bit of attention, you know, if you like, kind of drum up a bit of business to the website and everything 60 Minutes with. Um, I'm I'm going back and I'm actually sort of looking at some of the games that I played when I was younger. Yeah. And then... Um, Maybe you know, do a bit of a review, write a bit, little bit, little piece, nothing major. You know, I don't want to go in depth with them. Just kind of like harken back to some of the the magazines that I used to read when I was a kid. You know, sort of like the sort of uh, Your Sinclair and Crash and and all those kind of magazines, um, Mean Machines, Computer and Video Games, all those magazines I used to love. Just kind of do a bit of a re- now. I've got a platform to do it, obviously with the the website and everything. Just in some ways, kind of like go back to them and and see if they're actually as good as I remember them being, you know, because obviously I remember a lot of the games I used to play as a kid on the Super Nintendo and Mega Drive being freaking amazing. But actually, do were they amazing or, mm. were, you know, is it memory? Is it kind of like just at the time? Because, you know, similar to you guys, you've seen so many horror films and seen so many movies, it's difficult to sort of like be wowed by something these days. So I've played so many different games over the years that, that you kind of become a little bit numb to it all. So I think it's good to go back and, not to sound too pretentious, but go back to sort of like the roots of it all and go back to sort of like the time where, you know, everything was simpler and graphics and sound weren't the be-all and end-all and everything. So um, I played Alien 3 on the Super Nintendo, which there's there's a, a review, I call it a review in inverted commas, you know, just kind of my thoughts on it all and everything on the website. And I, I'm just looking forward to doing all that. I think the next game I'm going to look at is UN Squadron, which is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up. I don't know if you guys have played Ooh, that. No, that's yeah, not... I, I remember it well, yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, not... I've not played that one. Yeah, that's that's probably the next one I'm going to look at because I was looking through my cartridges earlier on, just thinking, oh, what am I going to play? There's so many I could look at, and so and Batman Returns is going to be one because we talked about that recently on the other show I do uh, about side scrolling beat 'em ups, but uh, UN Squadron is probably going to be the next one. But Alien Three is is still a good game, it really is, and it's interesting to see how a lot of these games hold up and everything. Because um, I mean, we do focus a lot on the, ne- the retro side of things. I mean, like Chucky Egg, a game like as simple as fucking Chucky Egg, you know, it's still <laughs> really playable today. Do you know what I mean? There's still good games. You don't need to think about oh, these monster graphical pieces that sort of like, you know, they're good, don't get me wrong. And I'm not sort of saying I'm against any of that sort of stuff because I think it's great. But I just, you know, it's nice to go back to a lot of the older stuff and just kind of 
play that so you can fully appreciate everything you know because uh, i think sometimes you can be so wrapped up in all the bullshit that you get sort of fed by some of these major websites about oh it runs at so many p's and you know all the graphics of this aren't that good or oh look at all this bullshit I, you know, I don't like to focus too much on the negative side of gaming because it's negative enough as it is, or it can be if you get drawn into it, I guess. So, yeah. there you go. No, I enjoyed reading that review that you did of Alien 3 as well, mate. Um, because I, I think it's really good looking back at old games like that as well. You know, it's And I'll take the opportunity of, while you're both on the show with me as well, saying it's not people that listen to this, it's not just about the podcast that we put out. Um, please visit the website and you two guys have put up some great reviews on there as well. We've covered, you know, like video games and um, and movies and everything. So that's been populated with a lot of stuff as well. Mm. A lot of diverse stuff, you know, just kind of um, some of the stuff that's on there is great. So I know we're kind of sucking ourselves off a little bit. <laughs> what, what, why, why not? not? You know? yeah. if, if we don't do it, who else is? Come on. Exactly. Yeah. No. So, yeah. I do, it, you know, there's got there's going to be something for considering that the website's what been up for a, a month. Just, if that. Yeah, a, a shade over a month as we record. Yeah. There's going to be something for everybody. Just looking at it. Yeah. I know. Um, I did mention uh, on Twitter briefly that you you're interested in dying light. Ramrod, yeah, now, I've, I've played a couple of hours of it, so I can't say that I'm, you know, I can give you a kind of uh, a massive look at it if you like, or kind of impression. My first impressions of it. So this is kind of like by the people who did uh, Dead Island, and um, I think they also did uh, Call of Juarez Gunslinger, which I thought was a fantastic first-person shooter. It was one of my favourites of 2013. Um, it, it's a downloadable game. I think, Dave, have you played that one? I did, yeah, on the uh, 360. It's, there's, I didn't complete uh, it, though. I got so It's one I need to revisit because I didn't complete okay. it. So, I mean, the, the, you know, if you think of, like, Western games or cowboy games, there are, you know, obviously Red Dead Redemption is the one that always springs to mind, but Call of Juarez uh, Gunslinger was fantastic. It was, I'd, I'd highly recommend people search that one out. Um, but yeah, Dying Light, so it's another zombie game. I mean, you know, if there aren't enough of them, but I, I'm, I'm not one of those people that sort of moans about that. You know, it's get over it. Zombies are popular. Who gives a shit? Um, but this is a first-person sort of like game. The combat isn't the, the be-all and end-all with this because if you go into it, these are classic zombies as well. They're not the ones that will sprint after you at 100 miles an hour. These are ones that you can literally dodge around. You can run around them if you, if, you know, during the day. Um, you pick up a crowbar and you just whack them around the head. But they don't die instantly. They take a good six or seven hits before you can actually finish them off. Um, you do get skills and stuff as you go on. There's experience that you can gain. And you are like a kind of soldier and you're kind of like playing for both sides. If you like, you're trying to infiltrate the the uh, the people that are living within this kind of like zone, which has been taken over by zombies. Um, but you, you sort of like also on their side a little bit because you kind of get to see how they live and everything else and you're helping them out. And But the big thing with this game that separates it from Dead Island, which I played a little bit of, is the parkour side of things where you kind of like you got the free running and stuff like that, which I think on the most, for the most part is very well handled the way that they do it. You do feel like you are running and jumping and there's a sense of sort of like... Um, exhilaration when you're doing it when you sort of like I, I, I wasn't um, a massive uh, fan of Mirror's Edge I don't know if either of you played that one I found mm. it 
bit fiddly for me. It was too kind of like hit and miss, like, and I just didn't get into the flow of it. But when when you get into a flow with this game, it feels good, like you're running and you're jumping, um, and you do feel like you kind of you need to because the combat, like I said, you, you, there's no guns. You know, there's hardly any guns, so you can't go around shooting zombies in the head. So you can either stand there sort of whacking them, you know, all day long. But then if you do that, then they're going to surround you. It's like the typical kind of like uh, Romero zombies. Like you can handle one on one or two on two or, or one on, you know, three. It may be three or four at a time, but any more than that. And you just get swamped and they will they will take you out pretty quickly. Um, so but what I've played so far is really good. I'm, I'm kind of hooked I mean, graphically, it, I mean, this isn't on a 360 or PS3. It's on the sort of like PC and PS4 and Xbox One. So, but it's not the best looking game I've played. But then saying that, I've played some fucking awesome looking games. But and this is this is still a good looking game. But even so, you know, like I said earlier on, graphics don't really aren't the be all and end all. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it, definitely, it, I, I picked it up for forty quid. You know, it's it's a, had a weird launch because it came out. It's supposed to come out. Uh, boxed and digital but for some reason it was delayed uh the the actual physical copies so it came out just as a digital version for a month and then the actual box copy came out so um it probably had a bit of a head start with people sort of like already playing it you know uh, and there's an online mode there's four player co-op so you can work together um and as a, as you play the game this is the thing right with these games you know in call of duty right you can run and slide around from the off with this you have to earn experience to just be able to slide so as you go on through the game you then earn more experience so that you can do better jumps and you can do better sort of like um maneuvers but the the thing with this game the, the hook i guess with it is that you gain experience from like either running jumping every time you do, do a run and a jump you gain a little bit of experience and you see your bar increase across the top of the screen and every time you kill a zombie like you get a bit more of a strength kind of like experience thing going on but at night the zombies aren't just your, your bog standard. They are killers that will chase you through the streets and they are evil bastards. But the payoff with that is that you get double experience. So if you do do missions at night, you, it's a risk-reward thing because if you die, you lose some of the experience that you've gained. So it's kind of like, you know, it's it's not as fucking hard as, say, Demon Souls or Dark Souls, but it, it's like that. If you all the, Not all of it, but a lot of the experience you will gain will will just be taken away from you but you know do you sort of like um go stay out at night and and you kind of will have to at some point in the game because some of the missions will be set at night but it's got one of those things um and outlast did it which was another ps4 and it's on xbox one now uh horror game but it's got a button which when you're sprinting forward you can look back and the, the time will slow down. <laughs> so it. you're kind of like looking over your shoulder and there's like fucking zombies chasing you and you go, shit! <laughs> and you're kind of like forced to run and jump, you know. And, and the, the only downside to it, I'd say, is that sometimes the jumping feels a little bit off. Like, you know, you think, I should have made that jump. You know, I should have made that simply. It's an easy jump. You look, basically, you look where you want to jump with the con- controller and uh, with the cursor and that's it. You know, you press the jump button, that's job's jobs are good and but sometimes it doesn't quite work and so that's why i think it's sort of more it's more hit than miss but you know it can take you out the game a little bit where you think i should have made that bloody jump you know yeah so but it, from what i've played so far i would definitely recommend it it's a it's it's a really good game yeah oh nice there I'll, you go that again i think that's one i'll pick up um once i've cleared this back, sort of backlog of gaming that i've got 
Um, yeah, I'll wait till it drops cheap enough and I'll pick it up. It sounds really good. Cool. I'll just have to come round and watch you play it, Dave, yeah, won't I? Yeah. Maybe you can stand outside the window and I might let you watch from outside. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my master system to work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get these. I saw the box of it in the, in the Granger Games in town and I picked it up and I went, oh, fuck. And I turned it over and looked at the back and went, oh, fucking hell. I want this game. I want these games. Fucking next generation bastards. <laughs> can't play him <laughs> it's pissing me right oh. off <laughs> that said though i mean just to, uh, you know to to bridge some movies and uh, zombies and video games here did anybody see the trailer that went online the other day for the dead rising movie oh no no i, seen that. No, I haven't either. like out of the fucking blue i think it's like a netflix or a hbo type tv station has funded a movie and uh, they've got Jesse Metcalf, who was in, I think, like, oh, God, was it Sex and the City or Desperate Housewives? Maybe Desperate Housewives, I think. And he's playing the guy, the, the photographer from the game. Oh, and, um, Yeah, and it, it's, it looks spot on. It looks spot on. It's got budget. It's got good zombie effects. Rob Riggle's in it from 21 Jump Street. And um, it looks a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sort of... Like zombie horror movie, he looks shit hot. Jesse Metcalf, he looks exactly like the guy from the game. Brown leather jacket, tie shirt. He's got the full lock, and it's a uh, the movie A Dead Rising. Oh, nice! He's yeah. got uh, Dennis Haysbert and Virginia Madsen in it. Well, looks yeah, as well. Virginia Madsen's in it. Yeah, I mean she's a Candyman, great actress. So oh, yeah, and Dennis Haysbert, uh, uh, president from Twenty Four, amongst other things. That's the guy, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah, that crept out the other day. But I mean, I'll get to watch it. I don't get to play these fucking amazing games, unfortunately. Dying Light <laughs> sounds fucking brilliant. It sounds like a cup of tea. Sounds amazing. I love shit like that. Yeah. It's open world as well, so you can go, you know, you, you, you do have missions, but you've got loads of side missions and stuff like that. And you, you, it's like this city, this zombie-infested city is your playground, and you can love just it. run and jump. Um, and you do need to run and jump because like I said you'll get swamped otherwise <laughs> oh yeah I'll have to, I'll have to come round Ramrod when I get it we'll have a we'll have a, oh, thanks, Dave. We'll have a gaming session together you can, I, think, I think you can like split screen as well can you so oh there you go then I think you can yeah yeah that'll be alright I'll split your screen Dave <laughs> <laughs> have we have we got anything else that you want to talk about very quickly, on, because I, I mentioned it last time, just to follow it up. I finished Fargo, the TV series, the other night. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Just simply brilliant. Just Martin Freeman, Bob, Billy Bob, you know, just brilliant. Just uh, honestly, th there are some scenes in it which you just, you know, it, it, it's a cliche to say, it, but it is one of those that gets better and better the more you watch it. It's brilliant. 10 episodes that range between 40 and 60 minutes. You know, it's weird how they do it because uh, some, some of the episodes last like 45 minutes, but some of them last like 65. You think, well, that's a bit strange, but it's great. It honestly is. And if you're worried that you think this is going to diminish your love for Fargo, the movie, don't worry. <laughs> <It won't. laughs> so what have you got lined up next then for TV? I don't know, actually, because I'm... Um, I'm trying. I'm not too sure at the moment because. Oh well. Okay, this is kind of like this is just a little insight into our kind of like my my living room. Um, I've got the Columbo box set, 
and so I've mentioned this before on Twitter. I, I, Sunday nights are our Columbo night. This is myself and my wife, my good lady, <laughs> uh, because she's old before her time. But, <laughs> but <laughs> because she's younger than me, I mean, you know. But um, we we watch Columbo. We watch an episode of Columbo from. We're doing it from start to finish, and I think we're on season two, episode four. I think it's, it's like ten seasons worth of Columbo. Um, I tell you what, though, Peter Falk is fucking amazing. Oh isn't he? yeah. Columbo, I mean, I, I watched Columbo when I was a kid and um, never really appreciated it because it always felt a bit slow and a bit sort of like I was more into Starsky and Hutch and stuff like that, Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> but, um, I love that. But it, Columbo always seemed a little bit sort of like, oh, you know, but now I fully appreciate what it is and Peter Falk is brilliant. He's so. But in terms of modern TV, I don't know. I, I'm open for recommendations, but obviously they're not going to come from you, Dave. So. <laughs> I'm going to jump in right there, though. Let me jump in with a TV recommendation. Just fucking Orange is the New Black is the best TV show I've watched since Hannibal. That's the prison drama, isn't it? Honest to God, right? My girlfriend recommended it to me. And I was a bit, mm, women in prison, I'm not really bothered. Oh, I'll give it a go then. And I bought um, season one on Blu-ray and just took a punt on it. And I'm now just started season two. And season three's coming out in June this year. It's fucking brilliant. A great bit of writing. Um, any women that, you know, the rare woman that listens to this show, <laughs> you know, hello out there. Um, if you've not seen Orange is New Black, it's uh, the worry is with uh, like female-based TV shows is they're going to be overtly feminist, and I always worry that I'm going to be a bit alienated as a man watching it. Not mm. at all with this; it's absolutely brilliant. If I say women in prison, Dave, you're going to say Chained Heat, obviously. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things where you just think there's nothing you're going to relate to in it, but. It's so well written and it's based on uh, uh, this uh, woman's memoir who spent like 15 months in prison for being involved in drug running and they made this TV show based on it and it's it's just brilliant. It's got really great characters in it and it, it's really good that like a female-based show which, you know, like yeah, you get sex in the city and things like this and they are for a type of woman that wants to watch that shit. This is more for women that, you know, look shit when they wake up in the morning and have to use a toilet. You know, real women, (laughs) not fake women that are all about what high heels and what fucking perfume they're wearing. These are about real women and real women's problems and insecurities. And it's a fucking fantastic show. I can't recommend it enough if you want some good TV. I have hammered through season one. Um, Obviously... The main girl in it, um, Piper Chapman, her name is, uh, the actress's name, God, I can't remember now, but she's this really hot blonde, but she's got this kind of Jennifer Aniston thing about her where she's really hot, but she's believable, Mm. and her um, on-off girlfriend in the show is, uh, her name is Alex Voss, and she's played by this beautiful actress who's really brilliant in it and all the characters in it as well are really well defined and every episode is is like told in like the present day in the prison and the flashback to how they got to prison and what happened to them in their lives it's totally brilliant i can't recommend it enough for a tv show and not to not for one of these shows to you know that's about women that should just be for women it's not it needs a bigger audience i know in america it's massive and um yeah, it deserves to be seen by everybody. I think it's as good as 
anything I've seen in terms of writing. Uh, the girl who wrote it did um, this Genji Koan who did Weeds, which was a really well received show about a single widow woman who got into weed dealing and she got nominated for all these awards for it so she's gone on and made this and it she'll never make anything better and i can't i can't i'm actually excited for season three and i'm invested in the characters and the men are few and far between jason biggs is in it he plays a fiance who's in the real world dealing with this you know the fact that his his fiance is like this like ex lesbian that's now you know trying to work this straight and narrow path but she's gone back into prison she's involved with these unsavory characters and her ex girlfriend again and yeah you know, i find myself really into it you know and and i drink whiskey i smoke cigars you know i wank over really horrible porn <laughs> you know i'm not into women shit at all but this show, I'm I'm totally down, sister. Do you know what I mean? No, it's... <laughs> it's it's a great bit of television, honestly. And you know, if you if you if you're looking for something to watch with your your girlfriends out there, guys, you're not seeing oranges and you're black. It's perfect, perfect to watch. And there's tits and lesbian licking in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a bonus of the. Great writing, don't get that's me wrong. Good. That is a bonus. That's the tagline. It is. <laughs> should be on the box art, shouldn't it? Not as much as I'd like to see. Obviously, the two main characters haven't actually they've shown them scissoring each other. But if I was directing an episode, it'd be a right fucking scissor-thon. <laughs> Because they are so hot, but yeah, man, thank thank you to my l- lovely lady for recommending it to me because it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I'm definitely watching that. But um, <laughs> get it these, just, these have come to mind actually. We're thinking about House of Cards and Better Call Saul. They're the probably the next two. Yes, yeah. Better Call Saul. Just Google, just Google Alex Voss, Alex Voss V A U S E, and you'll see what I mean. I thought you were going to say just Google Scissor in then. Because you already have, haven't you, Dave? It's in my favourites. I don't need to Google it. (laughs) Oh, right. I think on that, I think that's an apt apt way to finish this episode. Um, Let's finish it. Of course, both of you people want to follow you um, online. You've both got Twitter accounts. So, Chris, how can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at Dastardly Jabby. Uh, Ramrod. Ramrod's underscore... Ghost. Oh, beware if you follow either of those two gentlemen. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. So thank you. It's been a good one. Again, it's um, it's been a, a tad over 60 minutes. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's been a good one because all we've done all evening is just recommend uh, movies, video games and TV to people. It's it's been, We've had none of those sort of rants about stuff's been shit. It's all been good. Yeah. Oh, and we've got to answer Ramrod's question. Oh my God! Of course, of course. I was we going have. to call you back to it anyway. Oh. Okay. Um, right. I'll go first. then. so I would. It'd be Beyonce. Sorry. Sorry. There wifey. it is. Sorry, wife. Even... I'd console her. I'd make her happy. Even you though know? she'd be a bit moany, though, wouldn't she? Because yeah. you know, Jay Z. Fucking hell, man! You've you've met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> At least I get Beyonce. I can deal with the moaning. So, Chris, you've picked Beyonce, but bear in mind, you know, Jay-Z has died, he's immolated, he's dead, his face is melting off. 
I'd seriously have sh- a party though. <laughs> I'll be trying to conceal, you know, conceal my my joy that Jay Z is no longer with us. Obviously, yeah. the Jigger Man is dead. But you know, this is the thing of the game. You're on a desert island, and it's just you and Beyonce, and she's grieving. Think of the rebound sex you're probably going to get. Oh wow, it would be incredible. Rub your face in the mud a bit. <laughs> In the mud. Is that, is that... I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> no, I was going to say, does that have some sort of other meaning when you say in the yeah, mud? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a Welsh sex, sex meeting. <laughs> it's like I could, a I could prop thing. up um, Megan Fox, you know, next to a rock and just... She can she's watch. only got no arms. It's the blood, though. It's the fact that she's just bleeding profusely from two stumps. Mm. Mm. Would it be a bit off-putting? But she couldn't fight you off, Dave. That's the other side of it. <laughs> What's she going to do? Headbutt you? Oh, good luck. I'll just keep my head back. You're not going to get me. <laughs> Megan, and it, it's Transformers Megan Fox as well, not, you know, post-baby, maybe plastic surgery Megan Fox. It's the pure Megan Fox, the lovely tanned, <laughs> denim-skirted Megan Fox <laughs> with no arms. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Beyonce purely for the fact that I'm hoping that me and Chris are on the same island and there's there's some sort of fight. I'm not fucking sharing it with you. Oh, no. <laughs> Tag teaming fucking grieving Beyonce. Poor bitch. <laughs> the last thing she has is Dave's own balls slapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine people listening to this just, you know, if anybody listens to this in bed and they're just nodding off and they get that mental image now just before they're going to go to sleep. <laughs> Well, I would pick my missus. <laughs> Seeing as you two fucking dirty scum bastards have picked Megan Fox and Beyonce, I would take my lovely lady with me. Because she's all the Megan Fox and Beyonce I'll ever need. And because she listens to this podcast. And, and because you she get listens your balls ripped off. She knows I'd pick Megan Fox with no arms and no legs. She'd be a nugget Megan Fox. <laughs> and I'd still pick Megan Fox. Just to say that I did. <laughs> I could fuck her and then sail her out to sea on a ra- like a little raft, <laughs> like a little nugget raft. Oh, I'm just thinking of like boxing Helena, but we've made. Do you know what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. She'll have her uses, Chris. <laughs> oh, God. And and with that, I think we should. I think we should say goodbye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Bye, Megan. Bye. And once again, another show is in the proverbial can. Uh, lots of recommendations for you there. Of course, one of the main recommendations for you is to visit the website. And you can do that by pointing your browser to 60minuteswith.co.uk. Uh, on there, there's a contact form where you can contact us or you can email us direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And please follow on Twitter, which is at 60 minutes with. So there we are, this this one out of the way. Uh, I think the next one will be another interview show uh, with Simon Sheridan. We have announced it on Twitter and Facebook. I'll be talking about 1960s and 70s British sex comedies. So uh, yeah, it's a bit of hard research to do for those, shall we say. So once again, all that remains is to say whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening. Please stay subscribed and we'll be back very soon with another show. Thank you.
Should we call that twat at some point then? You know what I mean? Do we have to? Well, I don't know, really. We were having a nice little moment and everything, weren't we? We've been chilling out in the garden with a fire pit going. I'm so chilled out now. I don't need him in my life. Couple, couple of drinks, looking at the stars, holding hands, listening to Michael Bolton. I know, right? <laughs> it was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> you know you liked it. It was, Yeah, it, it was You know, a special moment we had. But then, we, haven't, we haven't had a moment for a while. We haven't, no, but now we can have a three-way with Chris. I'll bring him into it then. Go on. <laughs> I'll see. Trip. I'll see if he's online. See if he's up for it. Yeah, he's always up for it. He's always up. He's, he's constantly up. He's like that American advert for Viagra that you know. If you have an erection that you know, is it lasts more than four hours, <laughs> please seek medical help. Poor Chris. <laughs> if you have an erection that lasts more than four hours, contact a medical professional emergency. <laughs> oh, I've just opened me grunge. Oh dear. Oh, Dave, you know what that means. I've leaked on Wesley's desk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The poor lad, his, his uncle's leaked all over his desk. Wesley deserves it. It's how he learns. <laughs> it's tough love. Yeah, literally. How's your evening going? It's all right, mate. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Time. How about yourself? You sound like you're having a fucking awesome night. Look at that bonfire. Oh, and... What happens is normally it's like Dave, like... He's got this little um, like log burning bin sort of thing. So you chuck loads of wood in it. You sit around like you're in a boys to men music video. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you pretend you're in a barbershop quartet and you sit there. But the thing, the good thing is with the garden now is that they've had all the trees cut away over this big fence they've got at the back, so you can mm. see the cosmos. It's quite beautiful. Mm. So me and Dave just sat there and have a whiskey. And um, I had a bit of ambient Aphex Twin music playing, and we've had a little uh, "What does life mean?" moment. <laughs> oh, what did and you? Dave, come to, what did you come to? Well, Dave realised that life means it's running out very quickly because of his age. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just going to leave you for a minute because I'm going to go for a, a pre. I knew he's going for a wee. I know because we've had a couple of beers. <laughs> he's going for a wee. I haven't had a wee. I need I'll a probably wee, go yeah. after you actually because I'm fucking. Well, that's the Mike thing. Bladders. That's the beauty of this is I don't have to, I don't have to edit. So if we, you know, if there's no wee breaks, all well and good. So why don't you both get together and you can, you know, cross swords <laughs> one day? A day, cross, yeah. Cross the Because I've never seen your wedge. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Dave. Hold on. I'll, I'll just put a picture into uh, into chat don't now. Don't be shy. Oh, no. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> It'll look like Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> What? Right, I'm going. <laughs> Come on, you can talk about me while I'm gone. Go on, fuck it off. Oh, my <laughs> he's a bastard. What? He's such honest to God, right? <laughs> Fucking erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Poor Dave. Can I just stop you for a second? What? I've just sent you both a picture on WhatsApp of what I see on the on the screen. So, as a joke, I've put gaychat.com as yeah. the thing and if you it's it's created a link on whatsapp and click on it <laughs> and it takes you to like a gay chat website no way oh. I'm not joking <laughs> I didn't mean that to happen but it's created a link that was in your favourites <laughs> on your phone wasn't it you twat look at I, go down, scroll down look at Frank Bell <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what the fuck? I didn't think that was going to happen. I just thought it was funny. Oh. And then all of a sudden, there's real gay men that want to chat to you. Kevin oh, Look at the top one, though. Male man. That's you, Ramrod. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> I'm more heaven 18. Thank you very much. Well, there is, there's David Jam, if you go down a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> what's, the one, what's the one with the banana over his <laughs> What the fuck, man? Fervent sperm. Fervent I want to share. I want to share a sound with fervent sperm because I think put a wig on him, he'd do. Jesus. Oh, what the fuck happened then? I better delete that. What yeah. the fuck? Oh dear. <laughs> Whoops. He's trying to. He's trying to tell us, Chris. <laughs> no, that, I'm that not. wasn't a favourite on his phone. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking's crease me that has. Oh fuck me. <laughs> Gay chat. Dave, you told me about that site. Can I let you both in on a secret? Yes. Go on. Do you know why I like I've had a couple of beers before we started, but I haven't needed a toilet break. Do you know why? You've not pissed yourself, have you? No, you've but I'm in a room with some empty bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Where's is he going to hear this, is he, Dave? I'll make sure he does now. Uh, have you pissed <laughs> into his empty bottle collection? There's like an empty bottle of Fireball on the side, like a big bottle, like a 70 centimetre bottle. It would and be I've worse. And I've had two kisses in it. It would be worse. Come and see it, mate, I swear <laughs> to God. It would be worse if it was like a, a quarter full. And I'll you send you the photo now, oh, Chris. I took a photo of it as I filled it up, just because I thought you'd appreciate it. You should leave it in there, and then you'll think... <laughs> He'll I couldn't do it to it. He'll think, oh, I thought I drunk all of that. And he'll pour a glass of it. Right, hang on. Here's the first picture from the first piss. And here's the second oh, picture from no. the second piss when I filmed it up. <laughs> and you'll oh, see them no. now. They're, they're coming through right now. Does so, it, Is it the colour of Fireball? Would it pass for it? If no, it's quite a pale. It's like a, a real. It's like a session beer. <laughs> you could do a few of these and it wouldn't really fucking hurt your feelings. Oh, well, that's quite. That's all right, actually. That's, that's too that. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? That's beer wee. That's a proper beer wee. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I've got to pour it out and then put his bottom back. <laughs> Dave, we've got to keep it between us. Don't tell Tina for fuck's sake, because she'll tell him she's weak. She'll tell him. Oh, welcome to the out. Welcome to the outtakes. <laughs> filled the bottle i know right <laughs> you were I busting fucking, my friend i didn't want to break the fucking momentum though because we were having such a good chat i thought if i go guys i need a wee you can't do an edit we don't do edits god it's a pl- isn't it surprising how much a bladder can hold mate and at my age too i know jeez i can't imagine you could hold a thimble for me you fucking i've just slowly been dripping up since we've been Press recording <laughs> <laughs> you get like a pipe and attach it to your cock, like a catheter. A catheter, and just like throw the end of the tube out the window. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the worst part. <laughs> shall I leave it on this table? Or shall I fill it, empty it out, like wash it out? Oh. Leave it. <laughs> you know he's gonna have a sip of it, don't you? Because he goes, oh, I didn't know I had that much booze left. <laughs> It's a fucking shit. It's Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey. It's fucking... It's like the worst shit you can buy. Oh. And this is what he's like. He just buys this shit. So now it's full of my wee-wee. The, the thing is, mate, your piss is probably a higher percent proof than <laughs> the booze that was in it. 
you're fucking right, mate. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a good job I only live down the road, innit? Fuck me. 